Hello, welcome to Astastruck, the weekly marketing podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined with Tom and Craig today. And this week we're going to be talking about all things search. Yes, yeah, a good place to start for us will be probably looking at AI and where that's going in 2019 with Google. At the strap, we see a lot of companies, a lot of people concentrating far too much on their design of their website. So they're not looking at the structure, the audience. You, you, you really need to strip back before you look at the design. You need to be looking what your keywords are, your right audiences, how their user experience will be when they come to your website. Disregard even thinking about advertising until you know this. Do you think that that's a common problem that people are facing then in the sense that they're kind of tackling this online presence in the wrong order? People are too worried about the aesthetic rather than how it is marketed and how people are actually going to use the site. I think it's a common problem for like on two angles, really, both hmm. the client and the agencies. I think sometimes you have agencies where departments, they're, they're, they're too far apart from each other. So you've got people who are far too design-led and some people are far too data-led and they're working too separate to bring the two together and then again on the client side obviously they're going to think about brand they're going to think how does this look to my audience and that's brilliant but what's the point in having it looking perfect for your audience if that audience is never going to see it so on that basis what is the best starting point when embarking on the digital marketing journey that these brands should be starting with i mean are we starting with an idea of what they want to do on our site when we get there? Are we starting even as far back as who those people are? You know, what is the starting point for this? I think like we, we do here, I mean, a good starting point is sit down with your client, understand who they are, their audience, what they want to do, what they want to sell, sort of the return on investment they want, get all the data you can, and then go away and use the platforms you have that are available to us. So we've got Keyword Planner, mm-hmm. you know, WordStream, Mars, etc. Get as much data as we can, start building audience to start trying to get an idea, start researching how these particular users, how do they interact with a website? How do they get from one start of the journey to the end of the journey? And then once we can see that and that picture's clear, we can start talking to the design team, start saying, right, we know how that user wants to interact. Now let's make that website look as brand-led as possible, look as attractive as it can do for that audience. Yeah, because I think that there is not enough thinking about how these online presences these websites are going to be used in marketing you know there's the idea that this is going to be an online thing and then people aren't thinking about how they're going to navigate their site i mean sean for you what are the key areas in which a website structure affects what you work on predominantly which is search advertising i think that there's an assumption that these two things work quite separately and that search will work quite independently of the structure of a website um but i would assume that you think counter to that and if so how and why well yeah well as soon as we're planning what we're going to create on google we always will base it around how the website's structured if the website's not structured right then there's no way our ads are going to work it's kind of they both lean on each other. Yeah, I think a lot of the time we we get a website and you know, the client comes out, oh, we're really happy with the website. And then we look at it and we go, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of potential here for search ads, for display ads, for social media marketing. But then that's in terms of the audience itself. We look at the website and it, we, the structure's not right. The, the, the CRO's not right. And we think, you know, if we implement our marketing here, it's just not going to work. And then we almost have to strip it back. So you almost have to, you've gone with this amazing looking website, spent a lot of money on this website, but because it's not been done in the right order, when it comes to marketing, 
you have to almost scrap that and start again. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of wasted time. You know, it's yeah. better to get from the start, get the data right, get the research right, and go from there. Don't rush something. Mm-hmm. If you rush it, it's never going to work. I think the key thing is an understanding that these channels, all the way from beginning to end, from concept all the way through to marketing to the end user, are integrated throughout the process. And maybe tackling these challenges in a more integrated way by thinking about the end result at the beginning and throughout will be in a, biz- a better position. Yeah, I mean, and if we look at where Google's going with it, I mean, the last few years, you know, multi-channel marketing has been happening where you've, you've been marketing on Google and then they've seen you on Facebook, etc. But the way AI, AI is going and website sort of designs going, each individual, I mean, us three sat here, each of us would buy differently, would have different user yeah, journeys. Absolutely. And the way Google's AI is working now, that's becoming much more easy to target. So we can almost say have an audience of 10 people 20 people, 30 people, and target them all differently to each other. And I think the website needs to be designed that way as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you don't have to have, look at it as one website for all. You can have different landing pages. You mm-hmm. know, use programs like Optimizely and target people differently. Target your 18-year-olds differently to your 50-year-olds. Mm-hmm. They may want the same product, and, but they may use it in a different way, search it in a different way. You know, some audiences aren't going to find you on Google then see you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Some might just, just simply get you by email. Yeah. So each each person, each sort of separate market, which is called omni-marketing, needs to be used in a different way. I think AI and where it's going intrigues me. Um, and it's come on leaps and bounds over yeah, the yeah, last massively. couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I think we're really beginning to see um, an escalation of how important this is to, to modern day digital marketing. I mean, we saw something unrelated to this where, you know, on Facebook, they look like they're testing a feature which is going to build campaigns for you. I mean, how far do we think that Google will take AI? in terms of a self-serve experience? Are they going to do it where you literally can trigger AI to build your entire campaign? How far is it going to go? Well, I yeah, think it's oh. heading that way, isn't yeah. it, to be fair? Every, well, not every day, but like they're really introducing loads and loads more AI features into Google now. And I think it's easy to be scared of it at first because you kind of think you're losing control of it. But some of them, we've started to use bits and we're noticing some really good results from it, um, such as like smart shopping. Kind of saw that and it takes, basically automates the whole shopping campaign for you. You don't have a lot of control over it. But we have tested it and we have seen good results from it. I think as well, like AI needs to be seen as a tool which gets the most from your conversions. I think as soon as you see it as a tool which you can start your own business and press a button and let it do everything for you, you're in the wrong game completely. Mm. Like, yeah. it's never going to work. I say never, it, it could do in 30, 40 years' time. It's not going to suddenly click your fingers and start doing that. Yeah. You know, it's what we spoke about earlier with the websites. Mm. It's exactly the same in every process, I think, in marketing. You have to put in what you're going to get out I of think it. This is, I think you're exactly right. I think that AI is incredibly useful to marketers, but I think it's only going to be as useful as the human using it. It has to be deployed in the right way for it to be effective. Yeah, yeah I think a good example is, say you've got a market and your, your target audience is I don't know, 18 to 30 year old men who, I don't know, use the gym, let's yeah. say. And for the last two years, you've been getting 10% of that market and the other 90% you've been getting 40 to 50 year old women who don't use the gym coming to your website and they're bouncing off it. How is Google's AI going to implement anything on the, that, that knowledge? Yeah. It isn't. So what I'm having there is with that is, you need to be finding your audience. You need Correct. to be driving that traffic. You need to you, be providing yeah. the insights for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Once, yeah. I, I, I think, and I think you probably agree, Sean, I think if you've got a 
target audience, a set of impressions you want to hit, a certain click-through rate and a certain conversion rate. Yeah. Once you get to that and once you've hit your target, then start implementing Google AI, AI yeah. then start using bid adjustments, then start using location adjustments. Yeah. You know, I think device adjustments, etc. I think that's the way you've got to look at it. Absolutely. Try and, try and get yeah. more from your conversion. It's almost like you have AI. to get your campaign working how you want it. Yeah. And then AI, AI is the next step that's going to push it that much further. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right. I think any marketers that think that they can turn up today, activate AI and then walk away are wrong and will lose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, there isn't a, yeah. a sort of a platform where people can not learn marketing, not learn all these platforms and just press a button. Correct. Do you know what I mean? The more experience you've got, the more years behind you you've got, the easier it's going to be. And Google AI is brilliant for us because we know how to use the platforms. It's, mm. I, I, yeah, I think you, you shouldn't be looking at it as though it's just a simple whim, because it definitely isn't. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. Um, one other thing that's in this space at the moment that is intriguing me is the shift towards a more question and answer search results page. Now, um, we've been doing some research and we can see typically now that organic results are below the fold in most in yeah, I think, pages. I think if and, we've got a lot of content there, yeah. uh, Google's now looking to answer people. Yeah. So if you always look, you know, normally you have three or four ads at the top there, mm. and then used to be straight away you've got your organic results, and that was mm. the go-to. That was really, I mean, ten years ago you're probably looking at AdWords, Facebook, etc. They weren't the go-to marketing. It was I want to be organically top. Yeah. I, I have to be. You know, that's where everyone wants to be. It was a battlefield. Do you know what I mean there was so, there was there was not too much in terms of differentiation you could mm. use to get to there you know there's, there's more now yeah. uh, but with Google I mean it's important to look at Google to know where it's going to look at the search result pages if we type something in now we can see question answers there yeah so that's what Google wants correct so why would you try and structure your website any differently yeah exactly and is that I think I think that that's a really key thing isn't it in the sense that Google are kind of showing us what yeah. they want Therefore, as marketers, it would be stupid for us to do anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. why would you battle against someone yeah, like Google? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're much more better working with it and working against it. So now that Google have introduced this thing where it looks like they're going to go more after question and answer, in terms of search advertising, the way that you structure the website, the content on the website, and what you're bidding on, how does that affect it? Does this mean that we're more going down the route of trying to answer people's questions with, with our ads now rather than sort of trying to sell products? Uh, I definitely think that's the case. But, I mean, me and Sean have been working on this a lot. I mean, mm. our campaigns, and I think this will always be the case, you know, things, terms such as buy, order, online, purchase, yeah. they're always going to be, you know, the ones that we look for yeah. because mm. that, that shows high intent. But there's a user journey like we spoke about earlier. So what would be that first sort of, part of that user journey. I mean, usually it'd be a question. Yeah. If I had, you know, something to solve, I'd want an answer to that. Yeah. And I think the p first touch point there would be a question. I think that's where Google's going with this. And I think the way you structure your website, the way the organic's doing now, I mean, the organic, that organic answer bit now takes up half the page. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even the ads now are becoming quite sort of, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, they're not yeah. really there anymore. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd definitely look at that and I think me and Sean are definitely doing a lot of work in terms of that as well. Mm. Yeah, I think we're finding as well that with these kind of question keywords, they're a lot cheaper to bid on because not as many people are kind of catching on to this at the moment. Sure. So we can catch these people for cheaper and then we can hit them up later with some remarketing. We can bring them back to the website for cheaper than bidding on buy mm. online, buy this. Yeah, I think something we've definitely looked at is sort of like, so if you ask a question and then, you know, they, they, the conversion rate is gonna be low on that. There's yeah. no question mm. about that it is. Uh, but you've got them then, you've saved yeah. them. And a lot of things, another thing we don't really see is people capture that data and they're not doing anything with it. Yeah. So we know for a fact, 
someone needs a solution to their problem because they've asked a question, they've mm. come to our website, use that data. Do you know what I mean? If you've got 100 people come to your website, they, there could be 10 differentiations between them. You could segment them into 10 groups. Yeah. You could then remarket them differently. You know, where they've been to your website, how they got to your website, what product they looked, how long they've been on your website. You know they've asked a question. Mm. Now give them a solution. If they've not got the solution straight away, if they've not bought from you, remarket them. Remarket on Facebook, remarket on Google. Yeah. Uh, show them an ad that's relevant. And then further down the line, they may, may click on that ad, they may not click on that ad, but that brand awareness is there. When they come back again, you can then again use Google AI. You can use those bit adjustments. You know, bring them back to your website. The, the second stage of the purchase decision then. Do you know what I mean? It could be a buy, yeah. it could be an order, it could be simply the product name. I mean, it's, you know... I saw, saw you say something on the panel the other day, which really hit me was that, you know, you see outbound search as important as the remarketing side of it. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, you know. I mean, you probably agree with this as well, Sean. We see a lot of work where you put hours and hours and hours into all this keyword research, the structure of your campaigns, you know, trying to get the conversion rates up, the click-through rates up. And then you see this, you know, hours and hours, weeks on weeks to try and hit clients' targets. And then you look at a remarketing campaign and it says this ad to all users, and it's mm -hmm. literally like say it's, it's a blanket. It's, you, you put it's, all that work into yeah. there. You're basically pouring your money down the drain. It's basically yeah. it's, it's just a pure waste, yeah. Yeah. isn't it? You've got this far, yeah, and then you're not doing what you should be doing with the data. It is just an outright waste of yeah. the yeah. effort that you've put in and the budget that you've spent. Yeah, I mean, we could have put loads of work into targeting all us three sat here. You know, we could have put different budgets in, different ads, targeting each individual ones of us and which groups we belong to. Yeah. But then why should then we see the same ad again? Yeah. If you've been on a different product to me and you, Sean, have been on a different product to me, why would we see this exactly same blanket message? We, mm. we, we wouldn't. It's just I not going to work. No. And I think, you know, the way we're talking about, you know, audience targeting, mm. uh, using the data like we did originally before we started the website, and then using Google's new AI systems, mm. using all of that to create incredibly, incredibly relevant remarketing messages. Yeah. You know, if someone's been on one page of your website, but you know that they, you know, they could become a customer one day, you don't want to bid in one pound and click for that remarketing ad. Yeah. But if someone's been on eight pages, eight times, been to the basket six times, well, they're worth a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Mm. absolutely right. They're, they're, they're so right. close to buying. So, but don't lose that person, because if you're wasting your money on the, all the other audiences that aren't looking like converting, yeah. you might not even ever hit that person with any sort of ad. So yeah, I mean, we, we definitely think that a hell of a lot of work should be done as, mu as much work on the remarketing side as the initial sort of keyword yeah. work. Absolutely right. Do you think that this kind of shift to more question-based results is a direct result in the increase in the number of um, voice searches that we get? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. especially as AI again becomes more popular, we've got mm. things like Siri, people are asking questions they want to see the answers yeah. we provide the answer on the website it just it all links up together yeah exactly i mean you know the amount of people that have alexas and the you know the other competitive products yeah. that are out there i'm now pretty sure we probably all have some kind of yeah. i've got an alexa yeah yeah and i think you know a key thing to look at here is this isn't sort of game change in terms of answering questions websites have been doing this for the last 15 years mm. you've all had an faq section of your website so mm. you know probably the 20 questions that are most asked in your industry. But now to get ahead of the game, you need to put more concentration on them. Create landing pages with solely those questions, solely those answers. Put some images behind there, put some videos behind there. Really show Google that when someone puts that search to or puts that question into its platform, that Google can see straight away that you're the expert, you're the one that should be answering this question for that person. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, how far can search go? I mean, predictions show that 50% of searches are going to be made via voice by 2020. I mean, that's only next year. And they're going to say that one in two searches is made by voice. I mean, surely that's a huge opportunity for the question and answer based system. And surely Google are responding to that. And then the winners are going to be the people which are able to adapt to that situation first. 100%. And uh, I think we, we may all have different opinions on where voice is going. I think that's the good thing about it. Like, it's yeah. not fact, it's not set in stone. You know, we could all have different opinions. So, but yeah, I think where it's going is for me right now, the next year or so, maybe year to two years, it'll be that f first start of the journey yeah. for me. I don't think right now it's ready and set for please let me buy this product. Yeah, yeah I don't think people are open to that yet. No, They're not no. ready to say, can you order well, no, this? Yeah. You're given a lot to sort of like, because when you type in Google order this, you don't know if you click on the right product, the right no. price, the right yeah. delivery, the right company. And it's like leaving that auto voice is a big thing. But I think finding something out is completely different. Like, you know, how can I Google? How can I do this? Alexa, what's the best price on this? I think, yeah. again, that first touch point is key and I think again that's where Google's going with why they're doing this question and answer sort mm. of structure. Yeah, I mean I personally think that it will lead into a more e commerce space in yeah. years to come. I mean figures show that at the moment per year there's naught point two billion dollars worth of e commerce sales made in the UK via voice search. You know, in 2022, that's set to rise to $5 billion worth of e-commerce sales. So it certainly is going to go in that direction. Uh, but I think that you, I take your guys' point that it's maybe not quite there yet. People still using it to discover rather than acquire. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. definitely think the voice is going to definitely lean yeah. towards more e-com and the sales yeah. will drive up. I think if we look at again at the end touch point as well. Mm. So if you've hit them at that first point and you've, I don't know, they say there's six stages of the user journey for your product, yeah. and each time you've hit them correctly, you know it might be on voice, it might be on web, mobile, yeah. tablet, anything, anything sort of thing that they're going to get to your website by. Uh, that end touch point again, voice. You know they they trust you. Yeah. You've been talking to them for the last six months, whether it's social, whether it's Google, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Bing. You know you've been kept on talking to them, kept on building yeah. that brand awareness. Absolutely. So when you do go to your voice at the end. You've got the trust. You don't need to worry that you know, then you're not going to get the product. You know what the delivery is going to be. You know what the returns uh, are. You know yeah. any questions. But they've answered all your questions. So, yeah, I do think the start and the, the middle. I, the middle for me at the moment is still missing my voice. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's much there to interact with. No, I think you're right. I mean, I saw the statistic as well. It's 48% of searches via voice were personalized tips and information made to make life easier. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it makes total sense, doesn't it? How do I do this? Yeah. How do I do that? What is this? What does this mean? I think the middle part yeah. of that journey is still very much a social and Google thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, we do a lot of videos, uh, podcasts, etc. We put yeah. them out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, mm. Quora. Yeah. Again, Google as well. That middle bit where you're building that brand. Yeah, they've, got, they've, been, they've seen you already from the start point. Yeah. You know, they may buy in the end, but that middle bit where you're really building that trust, letting them know what, what you're all about. For me, that's where voice misses out at the moment. And I mean, I don't know if you two have got to think, I don't really know where they're going to sort of glue that together at the moment. People are used to seeing that kind of visual side of brands as well. So that's it, yeah. if it was all through voice, it just doesn't add up yeah, for the way that people build their relationship with yeah, brands and, at the moment. And that suggests that people are going to replace the mm. systems which they normally consume video in, i.e. Yeah. typical sort of mobile phone, social media, YouTube, even TV, even though that's on the slide, things like Netflix. It almost assumes that they're going to um, replace those forms of um, consumption with 
um, audio-based voice stuff, doesn't it? Which yeah. probably isn't totally likely. No. Yeah. yeah. No, but not in the near future. I think, you know, you look at five years, ten years, there'll be some sort of technology. They're always advancing everything, aren't they, at all Mm. times. And you've got to look as well. Amazon are taking a big part of the market share now. Uh, It's important for Google to continue to grow. And for me, if I look at it, they're always competing with each other. If one does one thing, the other does something else to knock Mm. it back. And uh, obviously YouTube now for us is a massive, massive sort of platform as well. You know, the way we can remarket on there, the way we can get that first sort of part of the user yeah. journey. The way we, to be fair, YouTube is almost perfect for every single part of that user journey. The way you can interact, the way you can grow your brand, really communicate with your chosen customer. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, you can really drill down with those audiences as well. It's, it's mm-hmm. really, the targeting yeah. on there is insane. The it's unlike incredible. anything else that we've really used on Google before. Yeah, I think to be honest, the YouTube targeting sort of is a lot better than the Google itself in terms of like AdWords, etc. I think mm. we can drill down a lot further with YouTube. And like you say, that the cost on there is crazy. It's yeah. so so cheap at the moment. I mean, I mean, if you speak about the cost on YouTube. I mean, I fundamentally believe that if you're running running video advert adverts anywhere other than YouTube at the moment, then you're missing a huge trick. Yeah, yeah I agree. The with targeting that, yeah. app, uh, the targeting that you can use on there, and the fact that it's so much cheaper than the likes of Facebook than the likes of LinkedIn. It's an absolute no-brainer. If you're not using YouTube to promote video content at the moment, you are really, really missing a trick. We have an account I was looking at the other day. The cost per view is less than a penny, which is insane. I just don't think you're going to be able to find that on any other platform at the moment. I mean, these are the costs that we were achieving on Facebook five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I think Facebook's definitely becoming more saturated, isn't it? Absolutely. There's less advertising space. Mm -hmm. There's more users. Whereas YouTube's got... It's just got that extra reach at the moment. Do you know what I mean? You, you can really, if, you, if you're watching certain videos, it then gives you recommended videos. If you're going on there to watch a football video, yeah. you're then going to get recommended football videos. They're really, they're really on it with the audience at the moment. Absolutely. And I feel like the advertising on there is spot on. It's, uh, yeah, I think Facebook, it's still a platform that needs to be implemented, but it needs to be implemented correctly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It shouldn't just be used to throw a video out here and there and build a brand where... Yeah. Uh, this is that something we think about the other day. I think a lot of times clients will go, get me on Facebook. Hmm. It shouldn't be about that. The client should come. You know, we're talking about the websites and we're saying, look at your data, look at your audience. What is the right website design? Yeah. What's the right UX for you? And that's exactly the same when it comes to marketing. Hmm. It, not everything fits every client. Maybe only Google would work for you. Maybe only YouTube. Do you know what I mean? We shouldn't, you shouldn't just throw Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google. You know, AdWords may be too expensive for your client. Facebook might be the way to go. Maybe you're, you need to build your brand on Facebook for a video. You, it's exactly the same as yeah. building a website. You, you, it's, it's, it's all very complex. You, know, you need to look at your data. I think that's the key thing here. Absolutely. Um, in there, you sort of mentioned sort of saying about Google and how it has to comp- continue to compete with Amazon and how the, that feud on, is ongoing with both parties making innovations. Um, what would you say to businesses that are looking to start now, e-commerce businesses that are looking to start, looking to put together their website and their brand presence? I mean, do you think it's worth going down the create your own website route? Or do you think that brands now and will in the future find it easier just to retail through Amazon? I think, for, I mean, for me, it completely depends on your product. Yeah. Has your product got sort of, is there going to be a brand there? Yeah. Do you know what I mean, there's mm-hmm. certain products, sort of consumables, everyday sort of things that, you know, a brand's not going to help. It really isn't. So, I mean, if you go to the shop and buy some milk, are you bothered about what brand that milk is normally? Exactly right, yeah. So it's the same online. Mm. I think 
Amazon, for me, I know Amazon and Google are competing with each other. At the moment, for me, you may disagree, it's at the moment two different markets for me. I think Google's got its place and Amazon's got its place at the moment. And one day that might be different. Amazon might do all Google can do, Google might take Amazon's market. But for me at the moment, they've both got a place in the field at the moment. Yeah, there's certainly overlap with these sort of like fast moving, maybe, as you say, less brand sensitive goods, which I think are so suited to both. Yeah. Um, I would agree in the sense that I think for more brand heavy or more brand sensitive purchases, people will divert more towards a, um, a branded website online. Mm. I think a good think thing, a good question is if your client came in is, are you looking to build a brand? Mm. Are you looking for a long-term future for that brand to expand into different markets? Are you looking for a product to make you a good margin and yeah. some good revenue? I think, are you looking for your customers to return as well? That's it, so yeah. If it's on Amazon, they might find you once, but then they might never find you again. There's that many people on Amazon selling the same thing. Yeah. Whereas if it's your website, they'll think, oh, I bought this from that website. I'll go back there and buy the same thing again. Yeah, because when you go on Amazon, you're buying from Amazon. You yeah. don't go on Amazon and go, oh, I bought this product from blah, blah, blah. That was on Amazon. You say I bought from Amazon. And like Sean just said, you're going to Google that product again. What's the likelihood that same product from that same company is going to come up? Very yeah. Low. Exactly. You're not Very building low. a relationship with your customer if you're using Amazon. Yeah. Do you I think that there agree. is still a place for that kind of customer relationship through e-commerce? Then are people are just looking for the cheapest? What do you think? Again, I think it's, it's so yeah. bad. It's so many mm, variables. Depends yeah. on what you're trying does. to sell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of a product now, but it's with an e-com product i think service is so key here like you've got to get it all right yeah so customer service delivery returns you know how easy it's taught someone yeah if you can get all that right then i would personally buy that product from those people again but mm -hmm. it does depend yeah. on that if you know if there's nothing wow about that service if there's nothing that makes you stand out yeah. you know then yeah i'd probably look elsewhere and it, then it becomes price competitive that's that's what you're looking for yeah, exactly. And I think that Amazon and things like that does encourage price wars. It does become a little bit of a race to the bottom. Mm. I mean, the thing Amazon's it? got, isn't it? It's, it's got the, before you even go on that website, you know when you're going to get it pretty much. Yeah. It's got the perfect delivery system, unbelievable customer service. So, you know, if I'm going on Amazon, I'm, I'm going to get it tomorrow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get returns me easy. I can send it back. They're going to give me a full refund. Yeah. So then, you, like you say, but so you go on Amazon. I know I'm getting that. So how do I then differentiate my product? Yeah. How is my product going to be better than their product? It's probably not. I think so. It's just a price yeah. price war. That's I think all I saw is. a stat the other day that is over half of e-commerce sales in the US are made through Amazon. Yeah. Uh, it's under half in the UK at the moment. But do you reckon it'll get over half market share? Oh, 100 percent. Yep. Yeah, 100 percent. I think. Uh, Obviously, as the younger generation get older and older and older, it's only going to go that way. Yeah. Amazon's becoming bigger and bigger because of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Older people that now use Google, Bing, are going to be taken over by the people, the younger people that use Amazon. I don't ever, th I can't see at the moment in the next few years there being much of a difference. I really do see it as a 50-50 market at the moment. But again, everything changes. Google, you know, announce new chains all the time. Amazon do the same. And it's, it, it could have a switch to 60 40 70 30 if one of them brings something huge out mm. so it's you can't really hand on heart say yeah. what's well, going to happen google are actually i don't know if they've released it just yet a feature on google shopping where you can buy it directly from google you don't even have to go to the person's website anymore which is a little bit more similar to how amazon works so it yeah, shows that they're similar. they're trying to push it they're trying to oh, come wow, into so amazon's market have a little in bit search results purchase capabilities yeah you can literally buy from the shopping ad that's going to be so. Is that going to be linked to a website, or is that going to be sort of? I think you're able to, to link it to the website, but you can okay. just. You don't even have to leave Google mm. to buy it. So Google won't be fulfilling that then. Yeah. It won't be sort of. It will be. It'll be coming from the website. But you don't have to go to the website. Yeah. See, that's almost. 
I mean, again, you're losing that sort of audience capture and sort of brand yeah. awareness build of your of your audience, but it is kind of like a step away from Amazon then because mm. Am- although Amazon are very good at it and they fulfill it, they keep all the product, you can actually then still have your website mm. and you can buy it straight from there. So that, that is a, that's, a, that's a big jump. Kind of the best of both worlds. It, it look, yeah, yeah. It looks like there's going to be more movement towards those kind of features across the broad there. I mean, we saw what Instagram they're doing with that little in-app being able to purchase. I think they've rolled it out to like 20 accounts. Yeah, it's the yeah. same kind of thing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, maybe that's what we're going to see more of, which is why I kind of posed the question, is the website as important as it used to? Because people are so accustomed to buying through these third-party channels, these marketplaces, these social media platforms, is the role of the website as an e-commerce feature going to just get less and less important over time? I think it has got less important in some elements, and some elements, no. I think you always... I mean, it's like looking at the high street now. Walk down the high street, how many shops have closed down in the last 10, 15 years? Yeah. They've become less relevant. So this shop used to be your go-to. Yeah. And then you'd have a website on the side. Now shops are closing, the website's the go-to. So yeah, in the future it could. We can't say it will, but it definitely could. But I think it's so important to have a touch point with your customer. If your customer can't find you, like, yeah, I buy on Amazon, but I'd rather buy on a website because yeah. I want to trust in something. I want to be able to contact someone. I know Amazon's this multi-million pound massive company who aren't looking after the, you know, they're not, they're thinking about the customers, but not in a way that a website would, in a way that a smaller company would. Mm-hmm. They really they really care about the customers in terms of that. And do you think really, though, that I know you think that, but do you really think that the majority of customers think that, or do you reckon that they are just chasing ease? Again, I don't know. Mm, I think yeah. it's one of them things. I think that's a good thing about marketing, about this world. Like, yeah. There is no definitive answer. Everyone's got a different opinion. And that's why marketing is a complex thing, mm. because we could sit here and put 100 yeah. people into an audience, but every single one of those people thinks differently. Mm. You know, you, you can get it as close as possible and create a marketing campaign that you think oh, all these people are very similar, but they're not the same. And I think that's key there. Everyone's different. Everyone has different opinions. That's what makes it all so interesting. 